0: Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>
1: That's over politics. This is episode 72, Jayvon. 72. Fun fact for you guys, I saw um, something on Twitter that the average podcast does not make more than seven episodes.
2: Seven? The- wow. Yeah, I was like,
0: man, yeah,
1: that's, a, that's a small number, for sure. But like I said, this is episode 73. We'll be talking all things in the NBA. We starting off with the Lakers. We talked some OKC topics. We will definitely break down the OG and Anobi RJ Barrett trade. We got some Sacramento Kings news. I know it's been a while, but we have some Sacramento Kings news. We will be reacting to the first round of all-star voting and more. So, Von Totti, how are you doing today, my man?
2: Doing good, you know. Uh, we missed Kev on the last podcast. Um, so we didn't really get the chance to talk about his Eagles. So the people miss you, they miss you. They want to, they wanted to get at you foul about the Eagles losing this, that, and the third. They're like, he's dodging us. And we're just like, you know what? You know, life comes at you fast sometimes. And so, uh, sometimes you can't make it. Like you kept saying 73, we're on our 73rd episode and you know, some podcasts don't make it till seven. So, you know, life happens, you know, sometimes you just aren't able to make it, but we are here for another NBA podcast. We're trying to get you know more consistent on that, but um, you know, excited, excited talking. We got a pending parlay. You know, we always <laughs> always got pending parlays. Uh, the under the other night, we hit uh, we hit two parlays, two three teamers, or actually one three teamer, and then a two teamer for like a total of like seven hundred. That was last night, and so we're just trying to build off that going to the weekend, let's do it.
1: Definitely, and like Jayvon Toddy mentioned, I have been gone for a couple episodes to let the people know I am not a ducker. Toddy knows me, Sean knows me, and they know I, will. I don't dock the smoke. I'm going to come on here, and I talk my shit, so if, when I lose, I have to come on here and hear it. As you guys all know, I do have a dog. He strained his ACL getting off the couch, uh, stuck in urgent care for a couple hours. They gave me some medicine for him, some sedatives. So we're we having him back to health, man. We have to. This is my dog. I, I couldn't imagine life without him. So we had to take all precautions, and I had to sit on the bed and
0: and. You watch. got blue since
2: you was a kid, right?
1: Oh no, nah, dude! Blue's one years old. Oh, I'm tripping. Yeah, I got. Listen, I got. Alyssa got me blue.
2: Oh, okay.
1: that's why he's so bad. That's, that's my excuse. So that, that's, that's As you guys all noticed last week, we have our freshly our debut on Instagram Live. We are live on Instagram, Now X, and YouTube. So we are everywhere that you guys want to be, and we want to make sure we're giving you guys out that content at a timely manner. So, Jayvon, I'm going to swing it to you first. What do you have for this week in the NBA?
2: Um, this week in the NBA is going to be the Indiana Pacers. These guys have been on a terrible, well, not even just the Indiana, but Tyrese Halliburton has been on a on a terrible. Now have won six games straight. They're fifth in the uh, fifth in the in the East, I believe. Last year, kind of right before All Star break or around it, Halliburton had gotten hurt. I think he something wrong with his knee, and then they kind of just dropped out of. Um. Like play, even the play in, they dropped out of that. So, um, I always knew that when Halliburton is healthy, this Pacers team could definitely be in the playoff, you know, race, especially in the East. Um, tonight they dropped, they hung 150, (laughs) hung 150 on the, uh, on the Atlanta Hawks, which was pretty insane. And, um, the line for that game particularly was over 260. And the last time they played, they, like, set the record for, like, most points scored, like, in the game, like, the over. I think the live over was, in the previous game, was, like, 300 points at one point in time. So, um, yeah, a lot of scoring. No defense being played at all in this game. Um, Halliburton didn't really do too much on the offensive side, but he had 18 assists. And he's had multiple 18. He's had – so we'll just go back in time – the past couple of games how many assists that he's had um it's just been insane on how great that he's been playing um but you got to give hats off to um you know the coaching staff there in um in indiana uh with rick carlisle and how he's been able to make that whole kind of thing just work out and you know you're hearing uh, rumors about Halliburton. Or not Halliburton. Uh just guys on the trade block to try and make their team a little bit better. Um you know, guys like Buddy Hild and uh Miles Turner. Um, but I think this this unit right now is actually really, really good. And they've been playing they've been playing very solid um over this, this six game stretch. So uh the Indiana Pacers are I'm not saying that they're gonna, you know, be a team that's gonna be like, oh, okay. They're gonna make the finals. <laughs> That's the I don't see that happening, but kind of going we always go back to the pregame show when we were talking about it. Um, the Indiana Pacers were already always a team that I was pretty high on on making the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure Tyrese Alivurton can't wait for the postseason to start because we all want to see we all kind of know what he was capable of and saw that glimpse here in Sacramento, ended you know, up getting traded to Indiana. And just him being for him to be able to play, I wouldn't necessarily say like meaningless basketball, but like playoff basketball is, is a whole nother level from, you know, regular season basketball. And we kind of I guess saw a glimpse of that in the play in on, you know, that, you know, win, win and survive and advanced type of mentality. It's kind of the same in the playoffs, but it, obviously it's not one and done. So I think we'll get to see him in the playoffs. Uh, the world's kind of starting to catch on a little bit to him just based off of the numbers that he's been putting up and how well he's been playing. He's, <laughs> he had 18 assists tonight. Like, what are we talking about, bro? <laughs> it's it's insane. So um, I think he's leading the, the um, what's it called, like all-star vote. So he could be a starter in the all-star game. I'm not saying that. That's who I probably would vote for, but it's definitely a high high possibility that he could definitely be in the All-Star Starter category. Um, But kind of just to go over his numbers, I mean, his assist numbers, like 18, 12, 11, 23, 20, 10, 15, 14, 13, 11. So those are his last 10 games of assist numbers, and then, you know, as far as points go, like I said, he wasn't putting he didn't really attack the ball because they put up so many points tonight or attack the as not. Excuse me. So 10, 31 points, 26, 22, 21, 33, 29, 17, 19, and then eight. So Halliburton is on a different level. There's no doubt in my mind that he's an all star. I just don't know if he's a starter, but that would be my this week in the NBA is definitely going to be the Indiana Pacers. Six game win streak. Pretty crazy.
1: Definitely, like Javon mentioned, we always will refer back to the preseason show. And ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Pistons ended the 28-game losing streak. So that is my this week in the NBA. The last five games, Toddy's breakout player, Kate Cunningham, averaging mm-hmm. 28 points, five rebounds, and 10 assists, two steals, and a block per game. Shoot 46 from the three, and... 52 from the free throw or from the field. So Kay Cunningham is doing whatever he can. Uh, we always refer to the group chat, but I, I like to when when Toddie makes these these topics and these um, not topics, these statements. You scroll through his Twitter and you'll see him. <laughs> up and down. My man is screaming free cage,
0: <laughs> and it, it
1: has it's it's, a, it's crazy to think that everyone really didn't expect him to be this and be that. But like Toddy said. You got to put him in the oven.
0: Got to put him in the oven, baby.
1: This would have been last year, in my opinion, but he was hurt. So he wasn't able to come out there and show that he was that guy this early on. But you guys see the background. Sacramento Kings. Malik Monk in a double overtime game this week against Orlando Magic with 37 points, nine assists, two steals, one block, 12 of 20 from the field, and hit seven threes. But also for this week in the NBA, I have the opposing team. I have Paulo Bancaro and Jalen Suggs. That new boy. This game with multiple guys not playing, Franz Wagner goes down early. It doesn't matter. We got Paulo Bancaro. 43 points, career high, five assists, and he hit six. <coughs> Jalen Suggs has been a guy who I have been up and down on. You know, he came in at such an early draft pick. You expect him, expect him to come in and do things right away. And this game showed that he has the potential. He hit six threes and he had 24 points. So Jalen Suggs can continue to play like this when they get their full five back and they get healthy. Like we have mentioned over and over on the NBA-only episodes, the Orlando Magic can fuck around and make some noise this year. So I always got to make sure I come in here and show them love. But, Toddie, moving on to the next topic. The Lakers are struggling. Can they figure it out? Um. Uh, let me see. They lost their 3 and 9 over their last 12. Can they figure it out or was uh, the NC tournament all they had to offer?
2: It's tough man because um got like LeBron your stars are playing well. So like LeBronis averaging 25 7 and 7 A D AD's averaging 25 about 12 and a half rebounds and three blocks a game. So it's not like it's their fault that they're losing. I feel like injuries have a have kind of riddled the Lakers for um pretty much all of their other players. You know, you got D'Lo out. Cam Reddish has been in and out of the lineup. Um Austin Reeves, his minutes are kind of going all over the place. You paid him, you know, this offseason and not really seeing the pro- – you're kind of seeing the same of production. You were hoping that he would take a leap, but I feel like with the – you would assume that he should be starting at least um, – you got to, these other guys got to step up, you know, I think there was a night where it was like three guys and only four points were scored. It was like, <laughs> I saw uh, Gil, he was, he was ranted about, it. he was like, me, you could go out there and get four points. So um, there's a little bit of pressure on Ham. You're seeing, you know, there was a report that came out that there was like six sources that could confirm that, you know, things aren't really going too well with Darbenham and how people feel about him currently, and the state of their franchise, and um, I think they're up right now on Memphis. But um, like like Kevin was saying over these these like past ten games plus, the Lakers haven't really been playing up to par at that you know championship level that we know that they're capable of. And you know this was a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. I don't know if they were this bad, but I believe at some point in time last year they were playing. Like, not as good. Um, but they ended up turning it up towards the end. So this is something... It's not good that they're, like, 12th in the West or, like, 10th or 12th or something like that in the West. Um, That's not where they planned on being. But I think they're probably going to make some trades, some changes at the trade deadline. Um, You know, when you have those two guys, even LeBron at this late of an age who's 39 years old. He's still able to perform at an all-star caliber level, but he can't play like this.
3: 82 games. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
2: That's chumbacasino.com. No
0: purchase necessary. DW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: A year, he has to. You know, there are unfortunate you know, father time is kicking in, so he's going to have to be able to be able to take nights off and rely on guys like AD. Um, who AD is? He's been healthy for the majority of the season. He hasn't really been street clothes, as Charles Barkley likes to call him. Um, he's been he- playing one hell of a year. Definitely an all-star starter, in my opinion the way that his numbers look and how he's been playing as of late. But um I think just the rotation kind of needs to get figured out a little bit. Um I don't think guys know what their true identities are on this team and what their roles currently are. And I feel like injuries that held guys in and out of the lineup uh definitely fall on to this losing streak. Not losing streak, but, you know, this the slump that they're kind of in. But – um I think the Lakers might need to go out and uh, trade for a guy and that may or may not help them because they need a little bit more scoring is what I kind of have looked at and better three-point shooting. I feel like those are the two needs that they kind of need besides those two, you know, all-stars that they already have. So um, three-point shooting would be, would help them tremendously. And I, feel like usually LeBron has guys around him that are able to shoot the three ball well and I feel like right now he there's not really a clear-cut guy on this Laker team that's like all right hey like he's an automatic he's going to shoot 40 plus from three-point range Um, I don't think the Lakers have that currently right now
1: and yeah I agree with everything you said sorry for the not paying attention. I was getting this on Instagram live. I had to figure it all out. This is my first time running it. As you guys know, I am not the tech guy. The tech guy is Mr. Sean Hulk. I'm doing my best to step in, man. I'm like Stephen A. When people, people step in for Stephen A, and you kind of just see the, the, the subtle reminders that Stephen A is not in town. So I'm, I'm doing my best, Sean, but we're up and running out. So we are good. But We are 35 games into this Lakers season, and they are the 24th worst offense, and they finished 28th in main threes per game. They doubled down this offseason, and they brought everybody back. The only person they didn't bring back was Dennis Schroeder, and they switched him out with Gabe Vincent. Unfortunately, Gabe Vincent just hasn't been able to play. He hasn't been healthy. He's been dealing with a nagging knee injury. But if I'm going to sit here and honestly say the reason the Lakers aren't good because of Gabe Vincent, the Lakers aren't that good of a team. So let's break it down. What can this Lakers team do to fix anything? They can. They have a 2029 first-round pick and Austin Reeves. In my opinion, those are the only things that if you want to get a player to come in, like a Zach Levine, a Pascal Siakam, a, um, a guy from the Hawks, Jontae uh, Murray, if you want to bring in a guy of that caliber, it's going to cost Austin Reeves. And, you know, like Tony Why not? mentioned, AD has been playing. He's been healthy, LeBron's been healthy, so they don't have any excuses. Rob Polinka and Darvin Ham are going to have to figure this out. They have constantly switched up the, the lineups. Like I mentioned, this they decided to double down, and the lineups that they had in the playoffs that <laughs> were in the Western conference finals was Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Bando, Bron, and AD. And as of right now, this lineup has only played 15 minutes together. I get it. Bando's been hurt. D'Angelo's been in and out. But you – you wanted to double down and bring back that camaraderie and consistency, but you're not really believing in it. So yes, a lot of these guys that they brought in aren't making the noise because of injuries or just not production. But this team is going to have to figure it out. Like I mentioned, they're three and nine over their last 12. If they want to contend, I think they're going to have to move up Austin Reeves uh, before the season. We did a factor cap saying is he better than Jalen Green? I believe FIBA and that Western Conference Finals run really pumped a lot of Austin Reeves fans up. You know. He was supposed to come in. He still has better numbers than Jalen Green, so don't point at me. <laughs> Anyways, I, I didn't want to <laughs> have anyone. I wasn't like, yeah. so was trying to do that, But thank you for the. I appreciate. it. He
0: said that. He's, the, he's so, the one.
1: Austin, Austin Reeves. It's just it's not the third star that everyone was expecting to be. And alongside LeBron and AD, we we see the inconsistencies throughout the lineup. Austin awesome Reeves gets come in day in and day out and contend. So now he's been in the six-man role. So he's been kind of we, – we'll talk about our six-man of the year predictions later on in the show, but Austin Reeves is definitely one of them. He's been coming in day in and day out and averaging 15 points off the bench. But everyone was expecting – including myself, maybe not Toddie, Sean, and Gary, but I was expecting another jump from him because we saw that he averaged 14 points last year and the playoffs averaged 19. So – you saw LeBron give him that confidence, and he mentioned it on the JJ Reddy podcast. There, were, he asked him like, "When did you honestly feel like LeBron trusted you?" And he said after that uh, Grizzly series because he was like, "You know what? Go get it. Go get the ball, LeBron." And, and everyone was talking about it the next day. All the talking heads is, "Oh my God, LeBron James is sitting in the corners. He washed A, B, C, and D, but Austin Reeves can go, so we can get playoffs." Austin Reeves. I think they're gonna be able to contend. And like my dad said, they still aren't healthy. So once we can finally see the Lakers get healthy. We can see what they can do. But as of right now, I'm very worried. And like Toddy says, I'm I'm the sole LeBronologist on the podcast right now. So it's hurting me to see this. It's hurting me to see this. So I need Darvin Ham and Rob Polinka to get in that bag. I know the class of 2029 20, is eighth graders, ninth graders maybe. Got to get rid of them, man. Got to get rid of them. We got to go all in. You have LeBron James playing at four, at 39 years old, and he's still doing what he's doing. You have to go all in. You cannot afford to waste another year of LeBron James. I've been hearing all the news of them possibly letting go of Darvin Ham. (coughs) You have to to double down. You didn't want to bring anybody in. So let's get production out of the guys we have. Let's get them healthy and let's see what they can do. But as we're talking about trades, Tadi, there was a big trade that went on while we were gone. OG Ananobi was traded to the Knicks for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly. I know there were other guys in there. I know there were some picks in there, but this was the main package of the trade. So before I ask you to break down the trade for me, we've only seen them play three games. Who who won this trade, in your opinion?
2: Um, I feel like this trade was fairly even, if you kind of look at it. Um, OG Ananobi has kind of been a guy that's been rumored in trade since, I believe, last year in, like. There was even a report saying, oh, I want six first-round picks for OG Ananobi, which was the insanest thing that I heard in a while. Um, But kind of just looking at the trade, um, I think Prince Ashuya, I can't really pronounce the name, also was traded, was a part of this trade as well. Um, It's fairly even trade on both sides. If you kind of look at it from the standpoint of the Knicks need a little bit more wing Perimeter scoring slash defending—that's what they got in OG Ananobi—and and, and shooting as well. Um, I believe the Knicks are three and zero since acquiring OG Ananobi. That's including the win tonight over the uh, Sixers, which was like a thirty, almost a forty-point victory, which was insane. Um, RJ has not really lived up to what the Knicks would have hoped that he should have been. Um, he signed an extension, I believe it was last year that he signed an extension. Um, Emmanuel quickly, I feel like, is going to flourish the most from this trade. Um, He's going to basically be able to spread his wings and fly because I think most of uh, Hoopers, people who watch basketball, people who play basketball, know that quickly is a guy who can get his shot at any given moment, um, has a very quick first step. um, And we've kind of seen the burst off of the bench in spurts for the New York Knicks, and for him to kind of go to the Raptors and be able to, you know, play with the guy in Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, for now. um, I think that quickly will be – you'll see a lot more production from him and, you know, him being in that starting role from coming off of the bench most of the time, I feel like quickly you'll see his numbers probably increase because he'll be playing a lot more. He'll be in that role of the number – I wouldn't say number one guy, but – you know, the starting point guard. And I feel like he will be able to, you know, produce for you. And, you know, it's a little bit of mixing and matching. I feel like Toronto's in a weird spot because I feel like Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam are basically the same player. So it's kind of hard for them, for Scotty, to kind of be the guy who he wants to be when Pascal Siakam is there and they kind of play the same position. So it's a little bit redundant. That's why I said for now earlier, if you guys would have, we're paying attention. I think Pascal Siakam's gone, and Toronto. There are reports, you know, from Sham Sharania, uh, Adrian Ward, and ask you that um, the the Raptors are still seeking a trade for Pascal, and so he'll most likely be traded before the he'll be traded before the the trade deadline. As reports were saying, so um, we'll kind of see what this team will look like. I don't know if they're trying to rebuild or they're just trying to like you know create a roster around Scotty on the fly and kind of just all right like let's get these 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 players to kind of pair with scotty so they can still kind of contend but it's kind of it's going to be hard just just to try and get that chemistry um you know about a quarter a little bit over a quarter into the season so uh i like this trade for on both sides It, it kind of just works out and i feel like um the knicks love or tom Thibodeau loves the og and anobi type of player the way that he defends, he all, he's always looking for guys that can defend on the perimeter. So um, I'd say it's probably an even trade on both sides. And, and we'll see what R.J. Barrett, can he, um, you know, going back to kind of his hometown, is he going to be able to flourish and be what he, you know, maybe some guys just need a, a change of scenery and him being able to go home. He said he grew up a Toronto Raptors fan um as a kid, which makes sense. So. Um, can RJ be what he wasn't in New York? I'm not sure, but you know, only time will tell.
1: Only time will tell correct. And if you ask me who won this trade, it has to be the Toronto Raptors. Emmanuel Quickling has two games, averaging 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. RJ Barrett is averaging 17 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. The reason I say the Raptors won this deal, the Knicks got the better player, yes. But OG is—they did not trade for him, and they automatically signed up to an extension. So if this Knicks team doesn't really flourish and become anything, they could have wasted—they could have traded away Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, which is arguably their future. Right now, the Knicks are twenty and fifteen, and they're at the 6th seed. So trading away RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly does this now big three make them a top six lock? I don't know, because there's a lot of teams at the bottom that are struggling right now that can contend. But there's still a lot of season over the way. But R.J. Barry, like Toddie mentioned, going back home, I think this is the perfect scenario for us to see the Montverne R.J., the Duke R.J. This is he's going to have to be the second fiddle on this team, because like Toddie mentioned, this Raptors team let, <clears throat> they signed Fred VanVleet, So they're kind of letting go of that old team that won the ring. And now they're starting over with Scotty Barnes. And that's a hell of a player to start over with. We mentioned uh, maybe about two episodes ago that he was my this week in the NBA because he was killing, dominating. And that really showed the Raptors that we can play around this guy. We can build around this guy. He can be a centerpiece on this team. So Pascal going, like Toddy mentioned, that there's been rumors that he's going to go. So he is the next one to fall. So I, I just really believe that they are going young. They're going to get a lot of draft picks. And I believe that. The Raptors won this trade just because OG is not signed. So if the Knicks do if the Knicks be, do what the Knicks do, I don't think he's going to resign. So Ty, the next question I have for you is what do the Knicks need to accomplish this season for OG to feel confident
2: in resigning? Um, well, it's New York first of all? Um, I think the Knicks aren't done as far as acquiring talent. Um, you know, you're hearing rumblings about Donovan Mitchell. Joel and B, guys like that. So, um, one, it's location. Everyone who would, doesn't want to live in New York, um, I feel like that that plays a big role into it. And two, um, just you know, being able to go to the playoffs. I don't. Was OG on the championship team? I don't believe he was yes, on the championship. Team, so, um, so he knows what it's like to win a title. Um, he wants to be able to obviously compete and. Are they gonna be able to sign him? I mean, if they're gonna be able to pay what he believes that he's
3: worth, I mean, if they're willing to throw, what? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Like
2: 100, like 4 for what?
1: Easily a 100 for 4. At the, that's the starting point.
2: No, I'm saying like he would be like probably like a 4 for what? 120? 130? Like if if they're able to pay him that he's 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 gonna be like where do I sign? <laughs> it's on me. But he's gonna obviously be a role. But um, I think they have to be competitive. I, they got to win a playoff series. I mean they won they won one last year in beating um, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. Um, can they make a deep playoff run? Um, I think they believe og can be like a cornerstone type of piece i feel like they're like another superstar player away from them kind of being able to go but i feel like og will stay if they're willing to pay him so it's not like he's gonna just or like where else would he realistically go
1: but i mean he had to get traded so now if he's a free agent he can go anywhere. yeah so and when you he, look at he's, the contenders in the east you don't even think about the Knicks. If the playoffs started today, they would play the Pacers in a seven-game series. Do you feel confident taking the Knicks over the Pacers today?
0: No, um, no, no.
1: If if we can see Tyrese Halliburton beat the Bucks four times, they're winning that series in six. So it, 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 it's it's going to be a toss-up, man. Because if they can't, he's
2: still my test free agency. But I feel like he'll stay.
1: Oh, if he tests, he's gone. If, he, if they don't end the season with an extension, he's out of there, bro. You don't test it and then come back to be like, oh, you know what? I, I don't want to win. We, we can do whatever we do here. I just want to play true. in New York. You know, I know Aaron Rodgers is in town, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to really want people to stay.
2: So- I feel like another part of it is what else are the Knicks prepared to do? Like, who else are they trying to lure to New York? Would also play a big role. And that could affect his bag as well if it's if it's getting another superstar. So he might not get as much as he would have hoped if he you know decides to stay versus you know leaving and getting a bag somewhere else. So um a lot of a lot of key factors play into it too is you know if they're willing to yeah if they're willing to uh go after and try and get a guy in Donovan Mitchell that may affect his bag as far as you know at 150 that okay. one fifty could be one twenty very quickly. Just
1: like that, but like Uncle Manny, for the audio-only listeners, I think the trade worked for the Raptors and the Knicks. Have a great show. We appreciate you like always, Uncle Manny. Even though you are a Cowboys fan, we always do appreciate. You. <laughs> you always I had do. To throw that in there. <laughs> oh, you know I got you, man. So, talking about trades, Toddy, what are your best landing spots for Zach Levine and Pascal Siakam?
2: So um, I'll start with Pascal. Um, up until about an hour ago, it, the Kings were on here. Um, I had the Kings. So uh, I think I had three teams on here. Um, so I had the Kings. I have OKC on here, and I had the Mavs. So um, I saw, like throughout the day today, the Kings were um, the Kings were like I saw like just more and more reports like the Kings are serious suitors and this, that, and the third and. They're one of the guys that are leading the Pascal Siakam race when it comes to, you know, trying to be one of those trade guys. And then about an hour ago, Shams comes out and tweets and says, "Oh, you know, talks have halted. The Kings are no longer in the Pascal Siakam race." Basically, I can kind of quote it. Kemp sent it in the group chat. Sacramento Kings are decided to pull out of the Pascal Siakam talks. Sources say things can be fluid, but Kings and Raptors talks are now over. So, they
1: said, we want Keegan. The King said, enjoy your trip. We're going to
2: be a I can imagine that sign. You know, the Kings are up 20 right now, which is insane. Um, Keegan Murray has 14 at that. Um, So, that's probably what they were looking for. And the Kings, also another report came out from Shams. I don't know if it was Shams. I think it was Yahoo that came out and said, um, Herter, Davion, and Harrison are all kind of like, hey, these guys are available. So I think that's kind of the package that they were trying to do in probably a pick or two. Um, and they were going to send that to Toronto. Toronto I was like, well, what about Kika Murray? And then, as Kevin said, have a nice trip. Um, <laughs> as Kevin is celebrating the fact that the Kings are not getting Pascal Siakam. Um, but the other uh, teams that I had on my list for Pascal – OKC, okay, I feel like they have they have the picks, right? So it kind of just makes sense for them to trade a shit to maybe like three, probably three first round picks, two, three, and a player maybe. To um, I think they probably would have to resign them, but they have a lot of young talent on there. No one's really making anything. It's kind of just Shea is up for four hundred million or something insane, whatever his extension will be. I think it's this offseason, so they have the picks to do it. So if they don't want to give up any players, they can just trade whatever picks that they want, maybe two twos, two ones for Pascal, maybe two ones and a two. They'll probably work something out. They have like 22 picks in like the next however many drafts it is. So um, OKC would be great. I think um, they don't – J-Dub is kind of just another guard, but I feel like he would be – you know, stretch four or three is what Pascal will be. How tall is Pascal? Like six nine, I think. Six eight, six nine, I I'm not sure. Um, but I think an OKC from what they've already been able to accomplish right now, and adding him to that roster would just make them another contender in the West. Um the Mavs was the last team C six eight, okay. So the Mavs is another is the last team that I had on this list. Um If he goes to the Mavs, they would have to re-sign him, like, on the spot. Um, I'm looking at it from a standpoint as you have Luka Doncic, you have Kyrie Irving. Those are, like, your guys on the team. And if you trade for Pascal, you would essentially be getting rid of your bench. Um, So I would assume that Tim Hardaway Jr. would be somewhere around that, and, you know, Josh Green would, would be in there and maybe a pick. Or so. And so that being said, if you're gonna gut the roster, you're going to have to sign him to an extension. And that would essentially be your team. Those three guys, and you know, you have Derek Lively, um, and you know, Cleaver or whoever Dwight Powell, whatever. And your team would kind of be just centered around those three guys, which is still a really solid team who could potentially still make it. To you know, Western Conference Finals. You know, Luca's definitely done it with less, um, and just to have it, you're just trying to surround more talent around Luca, just to try and you know keep him happy and be able to contend for for championships and be able to be able to compete in the West. So um, surround him for, by those three guys. That would be a very solid team that you can kind of just all right. This is you know what we'd be capable of and. That would be a very viable team in the West. I would definitely say um, as far as Zach Levine goes, Levine, I only had, I think I, we kind of talked about this a couple podcasts ago. It's kind of just Sixers and Lakers is kind of what I'm seeing. Um, it would be redundant for him to go to a, a lot of other different teams. A, a sleeper team that I had was Minnesota on here, him to go back to Minnesota. Um, I don't really see that happening, but it would be nice to see him alongside Ant and Rudy. Not sure if Cat would be there. He would probably be a part of that type of trade. Um, but as far as the Sixers go, you know, just it would be, you know, Maxi. It would be, I think Tobias would probably be a part of this trade. He would be, yeah. yeah. So it, it would be Maxi. It would be Joel. You have Nas Reed there and Zach Levine. So. That would be a team that can kind of just, I don't know if their odds would change if Zach Levine goes to the Sixers, like whatever their title odds now, I feel like they wouldn't change as much, but I feel like it would be the best fit for him. Um, you know, another, you basically have two scoring guards in Maxi and Zach Levine. Um, so it just add to their scoring aspect. Um, Joel and Bead is playing at an MVP caliber level. Um, they would definitely be able to make oh Eastern Conference run for sure uh, with those three guys. And as far as the Lakers go, I don't know what does Zach Levine shoot from three. I think he he came back tonight. If I'm not mistaken, um, Levine did come back tonight. They won. They beat the. They beat the. Jesus. <laughs> he
1: is shooting yeah. this year. He is shooting
2: Levine at 15 and 30 minutes. So,
1: yeah. oh, damn. He's only shooting
2: 34. Not... Yeah. So, I don't know if that really helps the Lakers because they still need shooting, but they, at the same time, they do need scoring, mm-hmm. more scoring as well. So, I thought like he could help the Lakers a little bit more than the Sixers, in my opinion, but. Um, those are like the two teams that I'm seeing that he's probably going to end up going to. I don't really see anywhere else that he could go to and like fit and still be able to go on like a, a playoff run. So Sixers and Lakers are kind of where I'm looking
0: at that he'd probably go to.
1: Definitely. Like Ty mentioned, we, we really revisited the Zach Levine topic on uh, a couple episodes ago, but with him coming back. I feel like we just had to give him the love. But like Tati said, I really just believe that he's going to be a Laker. You know, I I think the Lakers are going to go all in. Uh, Another Cali, or he's from Seattle, but he went to school at UCLA. So just bringing in that youth, you know, just that that third star that you can rely on day in and day out. I know Zach Levine has had injury problems, um, but it it comes with him. You know, he's a great player, so I think he can add a lot to the Lakers. So that is the only landing spot for him. For Pascal Siakam. I would love for him to be Oklahoma City Thunder. They are the second youngest team in the NBA, and they can use a vet like that, but I just think he doesn't fit their timeline. You know, you have to pay him all this money, and he's an older player. They don't have any vets for a reason. You know, they got a lot of young guys getting up and down, bringing in a guy like that who's really ball dominant, I think can really mess up the flow. I think Pascal's more of a two guy than a third star. I think they wouldn't – I don't think they would – I don't think they would – Defer to, I don't think they would defer to him over Chet. So now I don't think Pascal's gonna want to be a third option. But a spot that I would absolutely love Pascal Siakam. Can you get any guesses?
2: Sacramento Kings, no sir. (laughs) The Uh, Indiana Pacers. Oh, I didn't think of that.
1: Three of Miles Turner, Pascal Siakam, and Tyrese Halliburton.
2: He could damn near be the number one option. I'm not even gonna lie in the Indiana because Tyrese is so. Well, I gave you guys the numbers. He's had multiple 20 assist games. 18. He had 18 assists tonight. So I mean, like Pascal, a guy that is looking to give up the ball, Pascal, like yeah, yeah, of course. Um, there you go go ball in the net, but you put
1: him with Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. They both stretch big, so that really just helps space out the floor. Bruce Brown. The only thing is, I think they'd have to give up uh, Benedict Mathurin, and I'm a big Benedict Mathurin fan and probably like a Buddy Hill, but well, the way they are right now, they just beat the Bucks four times. I think the the Pacers are going to say, fuck it, we're all in, no matter what. We have Bruce Brown, we have champions, we're going to bring in Pascal, so this is no longer going to be this young team. We have guys that have gone the distance and won a ring. So it's going to be really interesting Let's kind of see how this all plays out, but we have a comment from Uncle Manny. What do you think the Kings need to do to take the next step? They struggle with bigs. So, Toddie, that's perfect timing, Uncle Manny, because the next topic, Sacramento Kings have made Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, and Kevin Herter available for trade. So, Toddie, <laughs> I'm a native Kings fan, so I'm going to take this first. This is the absolute worst package. We are not getting, <laughs> shit. We are not getting <laughs> shit for this at all last year. how did give me shit because I – any time the Kings or a player came up, I said, "Here!" I said. uh. With the Lucky
3: Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Boyd, were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes in the first. Take it or leave it. And now we're giving up this. Let me give you guys some depth on why I think this is horrible. Harrison Barnes is averaging 12 points, 3 rebounds. Kevin Herter is averaging 9 points, 3
0: assists.
1: <laughs> J.P. Mitchell is averaging 5 points and 2 assists. What are we going to get with that kind of a package? I understand that we talked about it with Pascal, like maybe they're asking for Keegan Murray or Malik Monk. There are four untouchable Kings players. Darren De- Fox, Demonis Simonis, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk. Anyone else can go. Oh, so now
2: Malik got- Monk is untouchable. So,
1: oh, he gotta be untouchable. <laughs> He's he a
3: package deal. Yeah. At
1: the end of the year, you give him a blank check and say what, what you want. So, but I'm I, I right. just. The, we're not given enough to get a guy like Pascal Siakam. The Raptors, like we mentioned, they're rebuilding. They're trying to build around Scotty Barnes and now R.J. Barry, Emmanuel Quickly, Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell. Harrison Barnes isn't going to get you shit. So if the Kings, Uncle Manny, if the Kings really want to make that move, unfortunately, it's going to take one of those four. Um, it's not going to be our all-stars, and I don't think it's Keegan. So the business side of things. Malik Monk's on an expiring contract. He is arguably sixth man of the year. I would hate to see it happen. But if it brings us that third guy, would I be down for it? Probably not. Because I don't want that to, like I said, with Chet's development, is that going to be stunted with Pascal? Is Keegan Murray's development going to be? Toddie mentioned in the preseason show that he expected Keegan Murray to take a jump, take a leap. And if he can become that third star for the Kings, it's limitless. We can do whatever we need to do out there. But I just think the Kings need to just stay packed. We didn't make any moves in the offseason for a reason. Let's double down. And even if we wanted to make a trade, it's not
0: going
1: to go. chat. has been preaching for two years. So, Kyle Kuzma on the Sacramento Kings. If we can get last year's Kyle Kuzma, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I'm all in. I don't need 26 points per game. <laughs> 28 <laughs> attempts a night. We don't need that in South. we can, getting that. If we can get LA Kuzma or even last year Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma had the option to go play anywhere. He took his money and decided that I'm going to play with this team that isn't doing shit. We brought in Jordan Poole. I had to die on that hill. I expected a James Harden type season, all-star. We ain't getting that. They are statistically the worst one-two punch in the NBA. So now the Washington Wizards are sitting there with their hands up, like, fuck it. If you want to go, Kyle, we'll get you get the money off the books. And let's bring in some talent. But I wouldn't mind Kyle Kuzman. But like I said, I need 18, 8, and 4. I don't need 27. I don't, I don't need him shooting no more. 14 15 shots, not
2: he's shooting point oh, shots again. What I see <laughs>
1: We don't need we don't need it. We don't need another we'll shot. Off enough shots. But think about it, what does that do to Keegan Murray?
2: Yeah, fucks up his yeah.
1: Keegan Murray's already a roller coaster. Now yeah. he's not getting shots.
0: <laughs> not getting shot.
1: Fuck that. No. Uh-uh. It's not happening. So <laughs> What was your? I know we spoke on it earlier when we talked about Pascal Siakam, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw that this was going to be the trade package for us to bring in A, B, C, or D?
2: Um, it's what it's like you kind of mentioned. What can you realistically get for these three guys? You might have to throw a pick in or two. You find Yeah, Yeah, you're going to have to throw in a pick.
1: We're not a bad enough team to have a good enough pick to be like, oh, yeah, the King Sacramento first-round pick is is cherished gold.
2: You know, and it ultimately kind of goes back to the offseason and, you know, Monty McNair being content with what they already had and what they were able to accomplish with essentially the exact same team. And, you know, right now, I wouldn't say it's been a letdown, but, you know, you have kind of had some bumpy starts or bumpy patches in the season, you know, losing to Orlando, losing to Charlotte without back-to-back nights and losing to Houston back-to-back games. It's been tough, so um now you're kind of looking like, "Oh, it's like when you I don't know, it's like when you you pass up on a girl and then you see her on Instagram and she's, you know, showing this and that and then you know a couple of months go by and you're like, "Hey, Remember me. <laughs> so the Kings are currently right now that person that passed up on that girl, that Instagram model that they that they fumbled, and now they're trying to you know patch it all together. And now it's like, okay, Kuzma's on a hundred and eighty-five million dollar deal. You know, uh, Pascal Siakam is looking for a check that he you know he's on the last year of his deal. So it's like the Kings have are probably going to have to be centered around they're probably going to have to pay one of these guys if they do end up trading for somebody you're going to end up paying one of these guys so um Monty McNair is kind of just weighing out all of his options right now Um, kind of you know weird to see that these Pascal Siakam talks halt the night of them playing against Toronto so may or, that may or may not have something to do with it but um it's just gonna come down to you're gonna have to pay one of these guys and your payroll is going to increase because De'Aaron Fox turned down fifty million dollars a year. A two-year, fifty a two-year, a hundred million dollar extension is what he ended up turning down. So um your payroll is gonna be high, and Kev already mentioned that uh Malik Monk is apparently untouchable. The monster is what I called him on Sharp is what uh when he was first signed to to the Kings uh Sean, you know the host of this podcast, didn't really believe in Malik Muck and you know now that he's actually able to watch him play. I've been watching Malik Muck since high school. I'm pretty sure Kevin has as well. Um what he is basically capable of and what he can do. We already mentioned the oh my god Paulo. Sorry. I'm watching the Nuggets magic game, it's tied up
0: 120.
2: <laughs> but um no, just trying to keep those four guys together, and then everybody else is can go. So I don't know what these three guys will be able to get you or who they're trying to go after besides Pascal. Um, up until, like I said, an hour ago, they were the front runner for the Pascal Siakam trade and all of a sudden those toxic. So, like, let's just say Pascal gets traded to the Kings. What does the team look like and what? how far can the Kings go? If we... Are they going to the finals?
1: So, so in this theory, in this theoretical, we're just giving up these three and let's say a couple picks. Yeah. What can that team do? Um, the way the West is looking, bro, we can make it to West Conference Finals. West, I, anything so, is possible after that.
2: <laughs> anything, I don't believe. playing at an MVP caliber level. MVP.
1: But when you think about the top teams in the West, you I'm looking at the standards right now. You have the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. They both have dominant big men. Yes. And it's a true. bonus we saw last year struggle, bullied, Bullied. Against Kevin Looney. Kevin Looney isn't Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns or the Joker, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or not even Aaron Gordon. So, if we don't – it depends on the matchup. If we can get around having to play one of the two of them, I think we're fine against everybody else because everyone else mostly plays small. So, having Sabonis at the five and Pascal at the four, it could work. But, like, I know Sean's going to watch this and be like, well, what about when it was Miles Turner and Sabonis and they couldn't do it? And that is my thing. Are we going to – Put him at the four and and just kind of roll with the punches. I, we have a free throw, a free flowing offense, and I understand that. But if we get rid of Kevin Herter, does that mean Malik Monk is no longer a six man? Are we yeah. gonna are we gonna put Chris DeWarte out there still? You know, so we're still gonna have the two guard problems, but our front court gets a lot better. Like you mentioned, Aaron Fox playing at the MVP level. So does this make us a finals team? Like you said, any if. All everything's out the the window. When we make the Western Conference Finals. You know, it's the best team for four games. We can get four wins faster. So, Remember the
2: last time you went to Western Conference Finals,
1: and, you know, got cheated, got cheated. So I think this could make up for it. But y'all <laughs> on the Sacramento Kings, um, kind of like with Oklahoma City Thunder, I don't really think he fits our timeline. Uh, We're kind of trying to develop young roots. Our oh, our veterans, we're bringing in guys that have winning at the highest level. And JaVel McGee. Mike Brown has, he's a championship winning coach. So we're trying to kind of build for the future. And like I said, like, that's, like I mentioned, Keegan Murray's untouchable, you know? So it it would be interesting to see how the three of them play out because Keegan Murray would now become a, a predominant three, but Keegan guards their best player. So could Keegan play the two? You know, so uh... a lot of things come into play and we have to really sit down and think about it, but, I think the peak with that team, even without Pascal's West Conference finals, but if we get Pascal Siakam, depending on what we have to give up, I, I would say Western conference finals for sure. But while we're talking about threats in the West, Toddie, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Are the Oklahoma City a real threat in the Western Conference? They sit third in the West behind the Nuggets and the Timberwolves.
2: All right, Kev, you'd be so proud of me. I, I got a I got a bunch of OKC stats. Now up until tonight, they kind of screwed the pooch a little bit. Um, you know, on the road. Against Brooklyn, but um, yeah, it was it was bad. The Brooklyn was shooting the lights out. He had -hmm. Cam Thomas, Macau Bridges, all those guys. They were shooting shooting the shit out of the ball. So, Um, Shea Gillis Alexander. If OKC finishes second in the Western Conference, he's going to win MVP. I'm just going to put that out right now. It's just the way that this guy's been playing. Let's just go off his last ten games. He's averaging thirty (laughs) three, seven and six. His last 10 games. We'll just give you the numbers that he's been putting up. So, tonight he had 34, uh, 33, 36, 24, 40, 36, 34,
0: 34,
2: 31, 30. You get a 30 ball. You get a 30 ball. ball. Everybody's getting a 30 ball. So, if you're thinking about going against Shea Gillis Alexander and his prize picks, uh, you've been losing (laughs) pretty consistently. But – just pretty much in every metric, there's just a bunch of stats that the team is in like top five, top four, top three. Um, so as a team, OKC is shooting 50 from the field. <laughs> as a team, they're shooting 50 percent. Um, they're fourth in the league in scoring. Uh, they're first in the league in three point percentage, they're shooting 39 percent. Um, first in free throw percentage at 84 percent, so they're getting to the rack pretty consistently. Uh, fourth in steals their first in blocks which kind of surprised me that they're first in blocks but I think it, that has to do a lot with Chet getting a bunch of these blocks but they don't really have a big man so I feel like that's kind of the only thing that's hurting them Um they make at least 13 threes a game Um, so they're shooting the shit out of the ball pretty well tonight was kind of the anomaly you have Shea who's averaging 31 for the season shooting 55% from the field which is insane Uh Chet averaging 17 and seven and two blocks. He's shooting 40% from three, which is amazing. 54% from the field and J-Dub. I feel like that's kind of their big three. I don't really consider Giddy the, the guy. He's not really a guy that's going to score. He's more of a distributor. Um, J-Dub's averaging 18, he's shooting 40%, 43% from three and 53% from field. So those three guys are all shooting 50% of the field. And as a team, they're shooting fifty at least 50% from the field. Um, So they've been shooting the ball pretty well consistently um, besides tonight. Um, Like I've already said, that this team is kind of a big man, maybe another piece away. But, I mean, they're already second. They're top three in the West right now. And uh, Kev, you can write this down on the whiteboard or the notebook because I know that Sean is here. If the OKC Thunder finish second in the West, Shea Gillis-Alexander is going to win. The MVP, that's just hands down. Um, I gave you his numbers the past ten games. um, If he's gonna keep doing this and they're gonna be able to stay at the top of the Western Conference, OKC is going to have another MVP in Oklahoma City. I don't think it would be their second MVP ever in history. So third, or yeah, KD, uh, yeah, or third, 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 KD and Russ. So. Um, he's in pretty good company. <laughs> he's a, he, he'd be in pretty good company. I consider those guys all of favors. So um, he's on that track. Um, maybe in the, if you want to try and get a little bit better, just try to get some, um, try to get a little bit better on your, you know, big man depth. Um, I don't know if there's really that many options out there, but just try to get better in your front court. Um, but that's really, I mean, OKC is definitely a threat in the West. Um, if they keep playing the way that they're playing and Shea's putting up the numbers that he's putting up, um, it's going to be unprecedented on how fast, I'd say, this OKC team was able to kind of you know, bounce back after Katie and Russ and James Harden after those guys kind of, you know, that trio dispersed. So for Sam Presti to be able to build what he's building Um, With all the picks that he's accumulating and, you know, drafting a Chet, uh, trading for a Shea Gillis-Alexander and drafting a J-Dub, you know, this team, you know, I don't know. Well, I was pretty high on OKC in the pregame show, as we always like to refer back to at the beginning of the season. Um, Even a couple of weeks ago, I kind of doubled down on them when Kev was like, "Ah, they're probably going to fall down, you know to like, you know, play in and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I think they're going to be a playoff team, like a solid team. That's going to be a force in the West. Um, I think the OKC Thunder having a similar season to what the Sacramento Kings had last year. Um, and I think, and I'm actually, no, I don't think I know. OKC is way younger than, you know, the Sacramento Kings were. So I feel like OKC is definitely ahead of schedule. Um In the organization's eyes and what they're going to be able to do and how young this team is and what they're already accomplishing at this age that all these guys are
1: so do you believe any they should make a trade and kind of go all in put all their eggs in one basket
2: Uh, like i said they're young so it's like there's nothing really to rush i feel like they have an embarrassment of riches of picks, so they can blow three first round picks on a pascal or a Zach Levine or whoever's out there. Like they have so many picks to be like, all right, like how much you want? <laughs> like how much you want for how many picks you want? Like, I got I got picks. Picks like picks are no object to the OKC Thunder. Um, and that could be you can wait in the offseason and try to get a guy and kind of lure them. Now it is okay, Oklahoma City Thunder. So I don't know if guys are just all right, let's pack our bags and move to OKC. I don't know if that's something people are looking try are looking forward to doing. Um, so I believe if they were to get somebody, they I don't know if it's going to be in free agency. You're going to have to try and trade for one of these guys and, and still be able to pay them at that too. Um, like I said, this team is young, so they're not really paying anybody. Um, the only guy that they're going to have to pay is – Obviously, Shea Gillis Alexander. And we saw reports from like last year that his max is going to be like four because CBA keeps going up and up and up pretty much every year. So his max is going to be like $400 million, a lot. Um, So that's probably a reason why somebody would want to stay or move to OKC is, you know, them being able to get paid. So, um, like I said, OKC doesn't really have to. Trade for anybody. It's just that they have so many picks, and they ha- they're able to do something like that. They're not balling on a the budget. They are. There is no budget with them. <laughs> they can, they can, you know, potentially, you know, fuck up the market just based off of just how many picks that they have. They can reset the market for certain players because they have an embarrassment of riches and picks.
1: All right, Toddie. So. Before I give you this, I just want don't say anything, just think about it. So, Oklahoma City sends a first and Josh Giddy to Chicago for Alex Caruso. Okay. And then they send three firsts to Utah for 26 year old Lori Marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. Think of this. Line.
1: Shea Gilded Alexander, Alex Caruso, Jalen Williams. Lori Marketing and Chant oh. What well, is that team like?
2: Well, Laurie is not really a five. He's more of a four. A four, exactly. So he plays four. Mean, how many rebounds does Laurie average? Is so Laurie
1: is averaging right now 23, 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 1 assist.
2: Because they need rebounding, if anything, but obviously he helps in the scoring aspect as Laurie was an all-star last year. So um that may or may not relinquish a little bit of scoring duties from Shay gillis Alexander. I don't know if his numbers dip at all because Shay is going to get his buckets whenever and whenever that he wants. Um, but that, that
1: would I be think Josh is the odd man out, bro. What do you yeah. think? Young guy, Jalen Williams really stole Josh Giddy's number. You know, yeah. we all we thought that that was going to be the big three. You saw the summer league with Chet and Getty really making that impact, but you have to execute on this right now. And, yeah, I'm on both sides of the fence. You can run it in the playoffs, see how you do, and then go from there. But they have so many good picks. You can go out there and get a Lloyd Market and an Alex Caruso. So now you have a, a lockdown defender, and you have Lou Dort still on this team. So who mm-hmm. And Caruso guarding the best two guys on the perimeter. This They have ten guys that are shooting over 40% from three, and Josh is not one of those guys. So you're continuing to add a three-point shooter and defenders on both ends. They're one of the worst rebounded teams in the NBA. You add that, they're a top-five defensive team and a top-three offense in the NBA. You have to go all-in right now. Get Do it early. The Jazz are, are really in this spiral that they're they're getting picks. They just want to rebuild and build around the guys that they have. Laurie marketing is a guy who's going to get paid in two seasons. Like you said, they're only paying Shea. You bring in Laurie Marketing. You pay him. You still have Jalen on Jalen Williams on his rookie deal for two seasons. You have Chet on his rookie of for two seasons. So you're not paying anybody. So if you have to sprinkle some money for Alex Caruso and Laurie marketing to ensure that you will remain a top three seed in the West, I don't know who says no. Laurie marketing and though and, and you you got your three young guys.
2: That's true. What? I haven't seen either. You said what? I said, that's not a trade that I've, I haven't seen that either. So that's something that you could definitely look out for. But go ahead, Sorry. continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah, you bringing out Bruce and Lloyd Martin to this team that's already doing really <clears> good. <throat> well. They could be the first team since 1969 to have the MVP and rookie of the year on the same roster. So that's this, crazy. this Oklahoma City team can make some noise. And I think those two pieces ultimately could make them a contender in the West. Right now they're on the bubble of a contender. I think that puts them in the box right there. Because then you, you you put that team against the Timberwolves. I'm probably taking the Thunder. You put them against the Nuggets. I don't know if Check can hold up, but that's the only team. Just like with the Kings, because those are the only two teams that predominantly really go big. Everyone else goes small. So you're telling me in a small ball lineup, you have five guys that can knock down a three pointer, literally. Five guys I can knock down a three pointer. You and Shea is the king of the ISO Hill. You get you get caught on that island. Oh boy, like Toddie Toddie saw his Celtics. Drew Holiday go get him. Jason Tatum, New try. Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Kristaps Porzingis, Al
2: <laughs> Derrick
1: White. Next, Peyton Richard. They were throwing everybody out. You have to execute on this. We saw that they didn't really put enough around the last victory that they had. And you saw how close they got. Now you're doubling and getting rid of Josh Giddy and bringing in guys like Alex Cruz and Lloyd Market, and I believe that <coughs> them over the hump. So I would love to see it. But talking about the Western Conference, we talked about the Lakers earlier. The Suns are currently 18 and 16. So Toddie. Who do you feel more confident moving forward, the Lakers or the Suns?
2: Uh, Suns, you know, you have Brad, you have Book and you have KD, you know, pretty much everybody. But three of those guys, all star caliber. Um, Two of those guys are definitely top 10 in the NBA. Um, I just think they haven't really been able to catch a rhythm because guys have been in and out of that lineup, you know. In the air was D Book and Brad. Um, kind of just Katie out there making you know happen with ends meet. And you know, Brad has kind of started to come back a little bit now. Katie's out of the lineup, so injuries have kind of derailed. I'd say both of these teams, the Lakers and the Suns. Um, but kind of just going back to what we kind of were all people were picking this Suns team to win the finals when they acquire Bradley Bill. Um so we all know kind of what they're capable of, you know. But at the same time, Kevin Durant's team, the the paper, the on-paper bandits, as I'll probably say, um, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving played a total of, what was it, 10, 11 games together? So, or yeah. So for them to only play that many games together in that time span kind of just derailed the entire situation of wanting guys to – to leave where they currently were at. And ultimately he's in Phoenix right now. And we're kind of seeing the same thing now. And Kev tried to tell all of us that Bradley bill is not a guy that's going to be healthy. You're like, Tony, you're saying that he's averaging this, that and the third. Yeah. He averaged 30. That was like two and a half, three years ago when he was playing with Russell Westbrook. And what about his numbers last year, he, he doesn't play. He's hurt. And I was like, nah, Kev, he's, He's averaging thirty. He's averaging twenty five. You know, he's an all star. And he was like, "Hey, all right, just watch." Brad missed like the first what twelve games. Twelve games and first game back, ankle. (laughs) You know, he hurt his ankle coming back, and just you know, he's a 10 man. And so it kind of just goes back to: Can everybody be on the floor at the same time? I think we can all agree. If they're all that's the question with them, if these guys are all on the floor at the same time, it's going to be pretty tough to stop. Him. And you know, Devin Booker, I feel like, is one of the top guys in the league. KD obviously being able to get he's averaging 30. <laughs> so I mean, it's like, what do you want? Adding Brad to that mix is is tough, but you have to cross your fingers for these all three of these guys to be healthy um on the same night and when you're paying 50 million, 40 million, 30 million you're not trying to be crossing your fingers for nothing. You're expecting these things to happen. You want them to be able to check the patch. When <laughs> when you're you're paying, you know, these guys these crazy amounts of money and they're not able to perform because obviously they're hurt. It's hurting, your, it's hurting your franchise. So um, I feel more confident in the Suns than the Lakers because I feel like when the Suns are healthy, they can do whatever they want because they have three guys that can win healthy, probably average t- north of 27 points a game. With this Lakers team, it's like, okay, Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy, but it's like everybody else is not, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And you're already hearing rumblings about the coach and Darvin Ham being, you know, under a a small hot seat or whatever, like he's going to be able to finish the season. I don't think they'll fire him, but there's some discomfort. They're disgruntled in the locker room. So, um, you know, with this Lakers team, you're kind of looking for somebody else to kind of step up. With the Suns, it's like, all right, we know what all three of these guys are capable of. They just all have to play on the same team, or they all have to be able to be on the floor at the same time. And I feel like health and time will only tell with this team. So, who do I
1: feel more confident in? The Lakers or the Suns? God damn it, LeBron James, okay? They're going to figure it out. Last year, me and Gary said they were going to win it all, and Toddie. And Sean laughed at us. (laughs) Let them know that we were down. We were committed. We thought they could do it. And they doubled down. They have seen this team win before. Gabe vincent has got to get healthy. They can make a move. They're going to have to figure it out. Rob Polinka is a smart man. He is not going to waste another year of LeBron James. He's not. He's playing at MVP level. He's going to be an all-star starter. Anthony Davis is healthy. He has never played this many games in his career. Everything is going right for you guys. Every year, we've always talked about always dressed, never playing, inconsistent. He's giving you consistency. He's showing that he's going to be able to be that guy when Bron retires. And Bron is showing that he's still him. They have to find a way to make this work. They have the better bench. They have the better coach. Frank Vogel, I think he's a great coach. I don't think he's better than Darwin Ham. You know, and going off of the symbols back that Darvin played in the league. Darwin Ham knows the ins and outs. Frank Vogel's a championship winning coach. I get it. He inherited a lot of good teams. A lot of those good teams had a dominant big man. They don't have that <clears anymore>. at <throat> all. So we, they don't have a true point guard. They have a lot of things going on, and their depth is shit, like, Bowl Bowl is exploding right now, and and that's exciting everybody because they don't have any bench production.
2: Oh, Eric Gordon, yes. <laughs> bowl,
1: Eric Gordon, it's been the guy from the Asian guy from the Nets. They just don't have anybody. Saban Lee's been playing out there like they just don't have any depth. So if one of those guys go down, like knocking on wood, I don't know what the Suns are going to be. So just based off of the what we've seen so far, we've seen the Lakers play at a high. Yes, they've lost three out of the last. Uh, or they have lost a lot of the last 12. They lost three out of the last tw- – they they've lost nine out of their lost tw- last 12, excuse me. So we've seen them win. We saw them win the season tournament. They're playing like one of the best teams at one point. I believe that LeBron James is not going to sit around and waste his time. Uh, they're going to have to figure it out. So just based off of that, I feel a lot more confident in LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers than I do the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Suns look pretty on paper, but we've seen that on the court. is not the prettiest of things. So.
2: I'm Paper Bandits.
1: I have to be a LeBronologist, man. I have to ride with my guy. I have to. So, this is episode 72 of Stats Over Politics. We have a couple more topics. And we'll be getting you guys out of here. So please leave us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are everywhere that you guys want to be. You guys are on X, we're on X, we're live on X. You guys are on Instagram, we're live on Instagram. You guys are on YouTube, we're live on YouTube. We would not be at episode 72 if it wasn't for you guys. So. We appreciate you guys. Just please keep sharing it, liking it. Like I mentioned, the you guys supporting us helps us a long way. Uh, some little insight on the, in the group chat. We hit our first 2,000 view TikTok. And TikTok said, yeah, they're too hot now. Let's go ahead and not post that stuff no more. So we are nothing without you guys, so we appreciate it. I speak for the four of us. We greatly appreciate you guys. So moving on to the show, I asked Toddy to bring his top – three six men of the year candidates so Toddie, right now January 5th who are your top three six men of the year candidates
2: okay so I was kind of going back and forth with this um it's kind of tough um Malik monk has to be in there um I gotta gave
1: where is he one three you gotta you gotta put pen to paper Toddie. let us know where he stands.
2: I was going off of the numbers, but I'm looking at team success kind of factor in a little bit as it as well. There are guys that have um, better numbers than Malik Monk, but I feel like what he he's doing is contributing to the team's success. So I probably have Malik Monk at one. He's averaging 15, shooting 40%, 42% from three. Um, He, if the Kings are able to kind of, you know, play at a more consistent pace and the Kings are winning kind of like what they were last year. Um, I think Malik Monk will definitely win six man of the year. Uh, Tim Hardaway jr. Is on my list as well. Um, he's averaging 70 or 17 a game, but he's shooting 35% from three. Um, the, the Mavs were playing pretty solid. Um, I'd say up until about a little bit before Christmas. Um, Around the time Kyrie got hurt, but even when Kyrie got hurt, Luca was kinda just still playing out of his mind. And they were able to win, you know, games at a consistent rate, but they kinda, you know, veered off the path a little bit and started losing. Now they, they ended up winning tonight, but um ultimately they've kind of been a little bit more inconsistent. And I'm I think if, you know, we see a little bit more inconsistencies from the Mavs, um, but Tim Hartway's still putting up numbers. I don't know if He'll be able to get that uh, stamp over Monk. And a uh, third I had on my list was uh, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony's averaging 14. Um, he's shooting 35% from three. Um, but again, it kind of goes to team success. The um, the Magic are playing pretty... They just beat the... They knocked off the to Nuggets tonight. Now uh, the Nuggets were on a back-to-back. It was a crazy game. Jokic to the game winner last night, um, which is insane. Thank you, Jokic. You saved my parlay. But um, the Magic are like... They're a seven seed currently. Um, I think they're tied for six. They're tied with the uh, the Knicks currently right now for for six. So um, Magic were uh, they were up there in the standings on the East, um, but they kind of you know came back to life a little bit. Um, but if the Magic are able to make, I think if the Magic make the playoffs and is averaging like 16, 17 a game, he might win it. Um just based off of how long you know the magic have been out of the playoffs and you know how their resurgence kind of back to life would be but uh, my front runner front runner currently is malik monk for six man of the year
1: okay so Toddie stole my list number one i had malik monk of course uh number two i had cole anthony um cool. I really wanted to put Emmanuel quickly on here, but I believe he's going to be he's starting.
2: Gonna be, yeah, he's going to be
1: starting now. So that's going to suck. But I had him at one, but over Malik Monk, just going off the number having a 16. So, so I have to take Emmanuel quickly off my list, and I replaced him with the one and only Austin Reeves, 15 Reeves. Five. So. I don't know. Breeze can go in there. Like, I'm expecting a Lakers turnaround like I am. It's going to have to be a lot on his plate. So I feel like he can kind of step into that late conversation. But as of right now, I think the hand down, hands down, it's Malik Monk. It has to be. What he's been able to do off the bench is absolutely insane. We've really seen the Kentucky backcourt flourish in, all, in every city coming near you. You know, this show, they take the show on the road. They do it at home. So Malik Monk winning sixth man of the year. Personally, I don't want him to win because that means the paycheck is bigger.
0: <laughs> you I, what would love, I would love to bring him another
1: ward of Sacramento. But if he does that, then that means that, we bag. Gotta, that bag is getting heavier and heavier. So I also asked Toddy to bring a list of who will be this season's first-time All-Star. I'm going to take this first because I don't want you to take my guy. I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. I think he was snubbed last year. Uh, the Knicks are currently six right now. So he's going to have to get to winning a lot more games. But Jalen Brunson is a guy who is averaging 26 points, four rebounds, and six assists. Six assists, excuse me, showing that what he did when Luka in the playoffs wasn't a fluke. He's consistently doing it night in and night out. He is single-handedly carrying this team because he was supposed to kind of come in and be the one beat of Julius Randle, but now it's been reversed. You know, before Jalen got here, Julius Randle's all NBA, A, B, C, and D, all-star. And now it's been reversed. They brought OG in, so I think Jalen Brunson will be a first-time All-Star. And then secondly, I had on this list, which is obvious because I, I know he's going to be an All-Star, Tyrese Maxey. He's coming in averaging 27 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. One of the best guards in the East. So those are the guys that I would put
2: in my first-time All-Star category. Who do you have to tie
1: Hopefully, well, two guys.
2: Well, um, Brunson was obviously a guy, uh, just the way that he's been playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, he's just been a guy that's uh, been killing. Real subtle. A guy that I have been screaming from the hilltops from since the preseason show. Paolo Um I think he's not probably he should be an all-star starter. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but no, not a not a starter. But um, yeah, thirty-point triple-double tonight against you know the best team. Or the defending champs, so it's like, okay, you got to put this guy on the all star team. But he's been a guy that I've been, you know, screaming from since you know day one that he's got to take a leap this year. And the magic wouldn't be where they are currently if it weren't for Paolo Mancaro. Um, yeah, he's been he's been killing man. And uh, another, I kind of went back and forth with a couple of guys on here. Um, I don't know if Jamal Murray's gonna make it just because he was kinda hurt for the injuries might derail him from becoming that. Um Desmond Bain may or may not be a guy. Um it's just his <laughs> they're like eleven and <laughs> they're like eleven and twenty something. So it's like it's tough to his numbers are up there though, with like as far as scoring goes. His numbers are are up there for sure. Macau um, Bridges, I think, is may or may not make the – I think he has to make it just based off of his numbers. i like 26 a game, so it's like, okay, we got to put you in based off of that. Now, Brooklyn's not having the season. Like, a lot of these guys on this first-time All-Star list are like, Teams that were terrible last year, and they're trying to be on the up and up this year, um, but the numbers are backing them up. So they'll probably make it because their numbers are too good. It's like we'll we'll make you a reserve, right? So it's like Paulo, the Magic are actually good this year, so that's why I feel like I know he's going to make it. Um, Bridges is like they're kind of on the cusp. They're like they're in that playing spot. So it's like, okay, like I get it. So his numbers are there to back it up. So um I'll say definitely Bridges will probably end up making it. And I think Paulo's gonna make it too. Paulo's been out of this world this year. The man of the myth the legend himself, Sean Hulko,
1: Victor Wimbinama. We talked about the preseason show all the time. We did a factor cap with Victor be an all-star this year. I think we all said facts. Sean, I would love for Victor to get in there, but if Victor gets in there, it would only what be cost? on hype. But another guy that I forgot to mention, Alfred Sangoon, I think he could fuck around and get in there. He's averaging 22 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Hey, man. Baby Joker? Baby Joker.
0: Baby Joker?
1: <laughs> yeah, Toddie, I just sent you the, uh, I don't know if you had the picture of the screenshot of the voting, but I just sent that to you. So, we are going to dive into our reaction to the first round of all star voting. And I'll take this one first. The craziest thing to me was Alfred Sangoon had more votes than Chet Holgram and Victor Wimmenyama.
2: I think he this, has a country.
1: This a him. vote. This is all yeah. hot. Victor got another country behind him, just like yeah. we saw Aaron Wiggins with the the uh, K5. I thought, you know, Victor, I thought that was very surprising.
2: Clay Thompson's on this list.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> So another thing that I that really jammed my block was De'Aaron Fox being the eighth point best, eighth but best point guard on this list, the guard. So I get it, Luca, Shea, Steph, God. James Harden not playing better than Fox. Carmelo's well, on here, <laughs> not playing about Fox, and John Morant isn't even playing enough
0: games to qualify. So how did
1: he get more votes? De'Aaron Fox is being very, very, very disrespectful to these all-star votes. And I want to come on here and make sure that I let everybody know that he deserves a lot more lists. A lot more votes. So, Sacramento, we're gonna have to rally together. He's from Texas, you know, let's get some Houston love. We have to figure it out because this is ridiculous. He should be in there and Uncle Manny. I agree. They're, they're messing with him.
2: How about I don't think Fox? it even comes down to fans? Like, I feel like fans like, have a little bit of a say, but it really kind of comes down to
1: well, fans pick the starting file. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, but yeah. he better be a reserve because John Morant hasn't played enough games. Anthony Edwards, I'm still taking De'Aaron Fox. James Harden, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox. So, and then another thing on here that really surprised me was Mikael Bridges. Like how you mentioned, he was had him on his first time All Star list. I didn't think Mikael Bridges would be that high. Yeah. He's getting a lot of votes, so it's going to be interesting to see. So. Toddy, I'm gonna to bring it to you next. What were your reactions to the first round of NBA All Star voting?
2: I mean, like Lamelo balls on here, and he's been hurt since how long? Did you see the? Did you see that? Uh, like a fan traveled from like Australia <laughs> all the way to a game. I traveled all the way to come see Lamelo ball. He's not playing. I'm like, well, buddy, he's been out for like the past month. So yeah, that. that's on you. That's, <laughs> that's on a, you. That's on you, big dog. So, um, no, you know. Jimmy Butler's on this list. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, like I like we were kind of mentioning, like Sengun's on this list. Wimby, they got countries behind them. Boaten, so that might play a role into it. For the most part, this list, some of some of it absolutely doesn't make any sense because Jaws. I feel like when when Jaw is playing, he's Definitely an all-star, but currently, you know, the situation that he's in, you know, with the 25-game suspension, I don't think he meets the criteria for everybody else. So, um, just seeing a couple of guys on here that are hurt and not really playing and still on here, kind of like, oh, okay, like, I didn't know you could still be – that's why, you know, it's fan voting, so – how much does it really play a role into it? It probably factors into it some, but not much. I mean, like Clay Thompson on this list—like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> the other
1: thing that really shocked me was there are nine players on this list with a million votes. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever consider Tyrese Halliburton to be one of those guys. Yeah. This season tournament this year has really put Tyrese Halliburton on the map, and like Tyrese says, I love this quote: "If you didn't know Tyrese Halliburton, you don't know ball." But to see him be the leading Eastern Conference guard is is great.
2: That's to what see I'm him. saying, man. He might he might be a starter. Just the way that he's playing is. Did it, you
1: pick him as a starter for
2: last time we were on the pod, or who did you pick? Um, I have it in my notes. I don't think I picked him as a starter. I said I, I think I said Dame. Yeah, you yeah I, didn't,
1: you, I did say Dame, and I took I took him
2: over. I was like Dame would be a starter, but because of the politics, because this is Stansilver politics. Um. Yeah, I think I had Dame in there, but it was like, he's not going to get it. Yeah, I had Dame, Maxie, and Halliburton. It was like, those are like the three top guys. Um, But I said Dame is probably going to get it. All
1: right, so I wanted to add a a new mix to the show for the NBA-only episodes. Um, So we're going to do a first stats over politics NBA power ranking. So, Toddy. We're gonna start with you first. I want ten to five first. So give me from number ten to number five.
2: So it's kind of fucked up now because you know, people lost tonight. So it's oh, like, yeah. so it's like <laughs> what what can I what can I do now? But you said top ten teams from yeah, ten to
1: five? Time, so give me ten to five.
2: Okay, ten. Here we go. We're gonna lock in. It's tough, man, because Because like number 10, man, it's kinda. I'm gonna say the Orlando Magic. I think Orlando's been playing very solid lately. They've been pretty, they've been a pretty good team. Paulo's been playing out of his ass. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I think the Magic are a, a very solid team. I think. I don't know if they'll be like a top six seed, but I do think they'll make the playoffs. So whether that's they have to play a well-playing game to get in, and we might see a, a repeat of, you know, when Patrick Beverly was throwing his shirt into the stands. Not sure if that <laughs> if we'll see that again, but um, I have Orlando at 10, um, going to 9. We're going to stay in the Eastern Conference. I'm gonna say the the uh the Indiana Pacers, like we said, Tyrese Alburn's been playing out of his ass multiple 20, 20 assist games, which is insane. Um and you're getting great shooting. They're putting up a hundred fifty on people. Like it's what what can we do, man? So um I'm gonna say the Pacers are gonna be the ninth team. I'm gonna stay I'm staying in the East again. Uh, eighth, I'm gonna say the New York Knicks. I think since the acquisition of, uh, of OG Ananobi, he's been they're three zero since they acquired him. Uh, Jalen Brunson is probably gonna be a first time All Star. People need to stop sleeping on Julius Randle because I think Julius Randle is playing at an All Star caliber level as well. Um, said that even about him last year, but I yeah, feel yeah. like, but I feel like with you know those three guys, if they can get more consistency from all three of those guys. Um, Randall didn't play that well tonight, but if they can get three consistent, if they can get those guys playing at a consistent level, then, um, I believe that they can, you know, contend in the East, um, maybe even get to the Eastern conference finals. Um, so where I'm at, that's eight. So seven, seven, I'm going to go, it was kind of, this one was kind of a toss up though. Um, yeah, seven. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna put the. Uh, I'm gonna put the Clippers in here. Seven. Um, Clippers on a five game win streak. Kawhi Leonard, PG. Everybody's saying them. these guys can't play together. They can't. Uh, <laughs> they can't play. You know, consistently on the be on the floor together. And you know, adding James Harden to this mix only makes them better in my opinion. Um, you know, just being able to see these guys consistently play, you know, we saw them kind of go on this losing streak, and you know, announcers are clowning them left and right, saying James Harden, you know, the problem everywhere that he goes. But you know, kind of just they just needed some time together to kind of gel and you know, figure out who's going to be what and how will this team be at their best. And I feel like we can all agree when Kawhi's, you know. The team plays through Kawhi and everybody else kind of just falls in line. They'll probably be one of the scarier teams in the Western Conference. So um, I'm going to put the I'm gonna put the Clippers in there at what? We have them at seven. Okay. So I'm going to put the Kings in here. Um, put the Kings here at six. De'Aaron Fox, MVP, caliber season. Demonta Sabonis, absolute double-double machine. I think he's on a – I don't know what his streak is now, where he had like – it was like 13, 14, 15. Yeah, 14 double-doubles in a row. Um, he's been playing out of his ass. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put the Kings in there at uh, at six. I think they just need to figure out a little bit more inconsistencies, where they want to do in the trade deadline. Um, we saw that those three guys, those three names that we mentioned earlier, uh, Barnes Herter and Mitchell all kind of being on the trade block. So we'll see where, where those guys will be at the end of the day, but, um, I'm going to put the Kings at, uh, where are we at? Six. Um, so five, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Sixers. Um, now they just came off of a loss tonight, but I do think, um, Maxie. Um, Maxie and, and, Embiid, that duo is, you know, those are two all-stars, one of the top, um, players in the Eastern Conference, just based off of how well those guys have been playing. So, um, took a, took an L tonight, but I think that, you know, the Pacers, or not the Pacers, the, the Sixers, you know, if and when they do make a trade for another guy, they can definitely be, um, you know, in that top four or five teams in the league, but I'm going to say the I'm going to say the, the the Sixers are in there at at five. So, um, yeah, so that's my top what ten. That's, 10, that's my ten to five right we there. Know, we
1: are very similar bottom half. So at ten, I had the Pacers. Um Like ty to said, Tyrese Halliburton show in season tournament and really coming to life and just really showing that. Carries Halliburton can really go. You know, we saw when he was in Sacramento, when air <laughs> popped down, he was averaging double-doubles on his ass. And like Toddie mentioned, his last 10 games, averaging 14, 15-plus assists. So I think they have to be in there at 10. And then I have the Orlando manager, like Toddie mentioned. They've kind of slowed down a little bit. They're not healthy right now, so that's why they're kind of lower on my list. But I definitely think they're a team that can still really compete in the Eastern Conference. Okay, and this is where it gets tricky because that's seven. I have the Clippers. You know, they've been playing really hot right now, but what we saw the first 10 games, and they were 3-7, and they they got a lot of bumps and bruises, but they're kind of coming out of it right now, so they might not be at 7 next week, but right now I have them at 7. At 6, I have the Sacramento Kings. Uh, You know, Darren Fox playing at MVP level. We're seeing Malik Monk. We've seen the consistency of the Sabonis keegan murray went off for a career high with 44 points so the kings are really gelling right now they can make a trade and really kind of bump themselves in um they're so low on my list just because like toddie mentioned when we first talked about the kings earlier in the show they were just giving away games they shouldn't have lost they shouldn't lose the two games to houston they shouldn't lose games to a b c and d so that's why i have them at six and at five i have the 76ers Joel would be you know Arguably going on a his the best career season, back to back MVPs, Tyrese Maxey, really showing that James Harden taught him a lot. You know, he stepping in. We talked about him being a first-time all-star. They arguably both can be starters on the Eastern Conference team. So you can't put them not in this top. So Toddy, give me your number four team. So we'll go team for team.
2: Um four. I have the I have the Bucks at four.
1: Okay. So at my four, I have the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Jamal Murray's been hurt. So we've kind of been seeing Joker having to step up into another role, but I think they'll be able to climb their way back into that top three, arguably once Jamal Murray kind of gets back and healthy and going. But I have them at four. So who do you have at three?
2: Three out of the Nuggets.
1: Okay. So we have our threes and fours flopped. I have the. Oh, no, excuse me. I have the. Thunder at four. I have okay. the thunder at four and I have the nuggets at three.
2: Yeah, I have the um I had the so where I'm at. Oh, I just gave you my third or my second.
1: You give me uh, your fourth, so now give me your third. So my third, third?
2: Third. So yeah, I had okay C. Third.
1: Okay, see. So my third is the Bucks.
2: Okay. Yeah. So yeah, who's yeah. your two? Two. This is where it gets tricky. Kind of went back and forth.
1: I know you ain't been seized yet, but we know who got you you got the one.
2: Uh the Bucks at two.
1: Did you not see the Timberwolves?
2: Yeah, I don't think I said the Timberwolves. No, yeah. They've been um they got smacked. They've been they've been like the Western best to like this. They've been like the best fake good team in the league. I love Anthony Edwards. Um, no, I feel like, I feel like I missed them somewhere. If I probably redid my list, you know, kind of like when Kevin was like, damn, when we were doing our playoff list, like I forgot to put Indian in there. So I feel like I probably messed up somewhere could have put the Timberwolves in there and squeeze them in somewhere. Um, probably next week I'll probably have them in, um, but you know, this is our first one guys. So, um, we'll get all the, the nicks and crannies out, but, but, um, Yeah. Best team in the league is the Celtics, still. I get they lost to OKC, who I do have second on the zip. OKC just lost to Brooklyn on the road tonight. So um, a lot kind of goes into the list, but um, damn, I feel like somebody has to be left out off of this list.
1: And then my number two is the Minnesota, Timberwolves, Wesley. I showed your love. I believe you guys are the tech best team in the NBA. And like Toddie said, there's no debate. The number one team in the NBA is the Boston Celtics. So, Toddie, can you go through your <coughs> one, one more time for us?
2: All right, so 10 I had, Freak I had, 10 I had.
1: So 10, you had the Magic.
2: I did have the Magic. Then I had the Pacers had, so Magic, Pacers, Knicks, had, uh, was it the Clippers. Clippers, Kings, Sixers, Sixers, Bucks, it's Bucks Nuggets, Nuggets. Thunder, Thunder, and then Celtics. the Celtics. Yeah, I feel like I'm I got to. Sure. Yeah, somebody's, somebody's got to be
1: left off. <laughs> yeah, it's going to change next week for sure. But my one through 10 out of the Boston Celtics at one out of the Tim Wolves at two, the Bucks at three, Thunder at four, Nuggets at five, Kings at six, Clippers at seven, Magic at eight. No, Magic at nine, and then Pacers at 10. Yeah. So. We have the last topic. I know you, if you guys have been staying in for this long, this is where it really gets juicy. Factor cap, and we kind of sprinkled this in earlier in the show when we talked about this man from Houston. But Toddie, it's time to put the stats on the screen. Factor cap, Cam Thomas
2: is better than Jalen Green. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not better than J. JG. We have to remember is like twenty two. So let me so, tell you
1: this, Cam Thomas is averaging 21, two rebounds, three assists. Jalen Green is averaging right. 18 points, five rebounds, and three assists.
2: Yes, his numbers are better. They are. Um, I'm just going off of the standpoint that Jalen Green is like 21, 22, however old he is.
1: Said Jalen,
2: okay. I think Jalen Green can be multiple-time all-star or superstar in this league. You know, you know empty stats, as Sean is saying. <laughs> I am This is the same guy that said that Austin Reeves is better than Jalen Green. So I don't think anybody in the – besides guys out of L.A. probably will think that. But um, I think with just – it's tough because J.G. is just so young and he's trying to thrive with all these new pieces that are being added to his team, new coach. So he's trying to get acclimated to the system. Uh, Cam Thomas is just a guy like he's going to roll out the ball and go score. He's Just a pure score. Um, he's going to figure out a way to get a bucket. However, if ands or buts, I don't think he's a guy that you build your franchise around. But I feel like, you know, with Jalen Green on the other side, the, the emergence of Alprin Singoon is definitely, you know, playing a role into maybe Jalen Green's numbers a little bit. And, you know, the acquisition of Fred VanVleet, him getting all the numbers, Jaylen, uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, so those guys are probably, you know, I guess hurting his numbers. Um, you know, wherein uh, Cam Thomas, he's kind of just, you know, the spark plug for that team. And I feel like, the, so the roles are definitely different. So Cam is kind of just asked to kind of go out and like, hey, we just need you to basically score. And Macau Bridges is kind of the guy of the team. Um, With the Rockets, I feel like, you know, like I've already mentioned, Alfred Sangoon is kind of the guy that's been like he's been the leading force for this Rockets team. But at the same time, that there's, you know, Jalen Green, who was picked second overall, and he was kind of picked to be the guy. So um, he's kind of going back to my theory about letting guys bake in the oven a little bit. I think, you know, him being is so young that he is coming into the league at 18 is a lot. And so, you know, people want guys to it kind of goes back to even if you guys watch the show, my quarterback theory, they expect guys to be Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts kind of right off the bat. Um, You know, not really giving them a chance to kind of bake. Now, with the NBA, it's a little bit different. Guys are coming into the, to the league way younger at 18 years old with the one and done rule. So they're expecting these guys to be you know, superstars by year two, all star all stars, you know, all NBAs at you know 21 years old. So um, you know, a lot of you know, you can't even drink until you're 21. so it's like, <laughs> how am I supposed to be the leader of a franchise at at so young so young of an age? So I'm gonna say this is cap. Um, I think Jalen Green is better than Cam Thomas. Uh, well, Sean
1: Hulk, <coughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking forward to hearing Kevin's argument for facts. And like Uncle Manny said, he will pull out the stats, ladies and gentlemen, and that I will. Factor cap, Cam Thomas is better than Jalen Green. This is a fact, ladies and gentlemen. I know everyone's caught up in the hype, the G League Ignite, the number two overall pick, and A, B, C, and D. Arguably, these guys are both – Nothing but buckets. They don't do nothing on the defensive end. (coughs) Jalen Green has arguably been demoted to the third option. Let me give you the stats. Cam Taz having 21 points, three rebounds, and one assist. He's shooting 43% from the field, 36 from three in 24 minutes. Jalen Green, 18 points, five rebounds, three assists, shooting 35% from three, 40% from the field goal, and 30 minutes. So he not only plays more than cam thomas he also starts so you put cam thomas in that role the numbers will speak for cam thomas is arguably the it's not even a debate this is a fact he is better than Jalen green Jalen green has the hype he has the name like sean mentioned prolific preps finest he has all the hype he has all the names he has the youtube doc series he has the amazon g league series it's all there he's the bigger name this is called stats over politics, ladies and gentlemen. The numbers don't lie. Toddy's politicking because Jalen Green has the name. I get it. Cam Thomas is playing better than Jalen Green. If you if you're denying it, it's because you're like Toddy and you're looking at the two names. When you see Cam Thomas and Jalen Green, you're gonna go Jalen Green. But I, like Uncle Manny says, will pull out the stats and deep dive into that. Cam Thomas is shooting better from the field, he's shooting better from three. And he doesn't play as many minutes as Jalen Green, so you switch them positions and you switch this opportunity and give him the minutes that Jalen Green gets. Jalen Green shoots five more shots than Cam Thomas, and that says a lot because Cam Thomas gets them motherfuckers
2: up. But Cam is a year older than Jalen. Uh, Sean
1: has been convinced. It is a fact, ladies and gentlemen, Cam Thomas is better than Jalen Green, and I and I was I was wait I went through this last week. Didn't come on the pile last week, so now we got to do it, but I, I think it's obvious, Toddy. Do you have anything to say to my 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 rebuttal?
2: I mean, yeah, you're you're those are solid numbers. I think Cam Thomas's role is different than Jalen Green's. Like I said, he's a guy that's they need him to come off of the bench and score. Nothing else. I feel like Jalen Green is Jalen Green bring to the table Jalen Green is kind of a cornerstone piece for that Rockets franchise. I don't know if Cam Thomas is is a cornerstone piece for a franchise. He's more of a a guy that's going to come off the bench and score for you um, versus Jalen Green is uh, the face of the Rockets franchise, like the future for the Rockets franchise. So I feel like those roles are different. Obviously, his numbers are better. Cam Thomas, you already pointed out all of his numbers are better. Is he a better player than Jalen Green? I'm not going to go as far as to say that he is. So I'm going to say this is Cam. I'm looking at potential, um, upside, for the two out of the two and i think jalen green's upside is way higher than Cam thomas's all right
1: and that concludes episode 72 of stats over politics how do you have any closing topics or anything that you want to say before they see us on monday after of the nfl
2: um hotline zone one so we're kind of we need a little bit more uh national championships on monday so Got the Huskies in that one. Um, tomorrow we got C.J. Stroud. If he wins tomorrow, the fact, the famous factor kappa is C.J. Stroud, and he, has, he becomes a top eight quarterback tomorrow if they makes the playoffs. Way more. So a lot, a lot brewing over this weekend. So Kev's praying that the Eagles don't lose again. Hey,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we did. If no one's gonna play. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, we play a later game than the Cowboys, so if the Cowboys win, it doesn't matter. But I will be here on Monday, so no matter what the outcome is, I will be here. Stand at Minto town. we always talk about the football, but I want to give them a little bit of instinct. Oh, so, the Eagles have lost four out of their last five. In 2012, the Baltimore Ravens lost four out of their last five and won a Super Bowl. So there is hope. I will believe. And yes, I know a lot of you guys can't just be saying, it. real football don't start starts the second we're going playoffs. play off. That is true. People are going to find a way to do the Broncos. Get are going to the Broncos run the above. Thanks. And we're coming back, Uncle manny. We're coming back to Jerry's world. We're going to do what's up. So, you guys all the money at all of the national championships. Like, how you said it, you got to speak dog, pound, dog, you got to go out there and take it. So, episode politics. My name is Kevin Dent. My man Dave We want to thank you guys for sitting here and watching this. Like I said, please like, subscribe, all that just that like We are everywhere that you guys are at. We're on X, we're on X, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Please like, subscribe, all that. We are nothing you guys. And I speak for the whole I We appreciate you guys, and we will see you guys Monday night. All in the next. Have a great night and a great weekend. And remember, go bird.